Raider Church, how we doing tonight? Great to see everybody. Great to see some people in the balcony tonight. We just want to celebrate that. And I just want to start off by saying, um, man, I've been praying. We've been praying. Our staff's been praying. I can remember having a staff prayer time in that balcony two years ago where we were praying for the day that we would have people sitting in the balcony here at Raider Church. And today is that day. And so we just want to thank God. Can we just thank Jesus for what he's doing in and through Raider Church, in and through your lives? It's because of what God is doing in your life that people are continuing to come and lives are continuing to be changed. And so, so excited about what God's doing. Next week, we start a brand new series. As Parker was saying, we start a brand new series called GOAT. And uh, we're going to be talking about the greatest of all time, Jesus, and why he's the greatest of all time. Tonight, we're finishing our series on adulting. And now when, you know, when you're in high school and you're getting ready to go to college, you get a lot of questions. I don't know, maybe it wasn't true for you, but it was true for me. Like, where are you going to go to school? I don't, I don't know. What are you going to major in? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not really sure about that yet. Well, what do you want to do for your career? I don't, I don't know about that either. Who are you going to marry? Uh, Mom, I really don't know who I'm going to, and by the way, we just broke up with, you know, the other day, like, you're such a savage, Mom, like, leave me alone, and you keep getting asked these questions over and over and over again, what what are you going to do for school, where are you going to go, what's your job going to be, who are you going to marry, you get asked these questions, and if you get asked them enough, you're kind of like, I don't know, I don't know, and it turns from I don't know into shut up, shut up, shut up, I'm tired of those questions, I'm tired, because I don't know, like, I don't know what's next, and College can be a real time of uncertainty, and it can produce a lot of anxiety and nervous feelings that that uncertainty can bring. And so in this series, we've been talking about things that we can do or ways that we can own college rather than college own us. And listen, at Raider Church, we want you to thrive in college, not just survive. And so those are the things that, that we've been talking about. How, how can we thrive in college and not just survive? And one of the things that will own you during college is that time of uncertainty, not knowing what's next, not being able to see the future or, or know for sure what's coming. And so your ability or lack of ability to be certain in the midst of uncertainty will determine whether college owns you or whether you own college. So I want to tell you what I'm, I want to show you what I'm talking about. Turn to Acts chapter one, if you got a Bible. Acts chapter one, what do you do when you don't know? Like when you're not sure what's next, when things aren't going as planned, when there's a breakup or, or when the major that you've chosen isn't maybe what you want to do anymore and, and you're not getting the best grades or, or when that job that you wanted doesn't come through. What do, what do you do when you're going through a time of uncertainty? Acts chapter 1, if you don't have a Bible, if it's not a translation you understand very well, go to RaiderChurch.com on your phone, click sermon notes, and you can follow along with us through all the verses and the points and and everything. It's all right there for you. So Acts chapter 1, what do we do in times of uncertainty when we don't know? Acts chapter 1, verse 6, and and let me set this up for you. Jesus is about to leave earth and, and go back to heaven. He's got this last meeting with his disciples, and he gives them kind of this last mission and the disciples are confused. Jesus is leaving and, and, and they thought he was going to do something that he hasn't done. And so they're uncertain. It's produced some anxiety in them, some nervous feelings. It's produced a lot of questions in them because Jesus is leaving and he's not doing what they expected him to do. 
And you'll see what they expected him to do. It says, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Let's stay here for a second. They're concerned about their position, their place, their power, their, their physical status as a people, as a nation here on earth. And Jesus is leaving. They thought that they, they, he was going to free them from the captivity of the Romans and, and, and he was going to set them up as this powerful kingdom and that didn't happen. And so now they're confused. What's, what's going on, Jesus? Are you at this time? Is now the time? Because you haven't done it yet. Is now the time? You, you, you rose from the dead. Is now the time when you're going to set us free and you're going to restore our kingdom? And Jesus replies, watch this. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Oh, thanks, Jesus. That's real comforting. Not for me to know. So my girlfriend just broke up with me. Who am I going to marry? Oh, that's not for you to know. Oh, thanks, Jesus. That makes me feel a whole lot better. Uh, I'm failing in the major that I've chosen. What am I going to do? What major should I do? Well, you know, that's you know, it's not really for you, you know, to know. You don't need to worry about that. Uh, Jesus, that, you're not helping me, man. What, what's going on here? Jesus tells the disciples about what was most important to them, what they were so anxious about in that moment. In their time of uncertainty, Jesus tells them, listen, it's not for you to know the dates and the times and the places. God alone knows those things. That's not for you to know. You don't need to worry about that, which produces, it almost like that produces more anxiety in us, more uncertainty in us when we don't know. You see, we are so concerned with who, what, when, where. And that's what produces a lot of anxiety and uncertainty in us. It's what makes us nervous. We, we don't know the, the who's, the what's, the when's, and the where's. Those things are priority to us. But they're not exactly priority to God. No, they're more secondary. You see, here's what's primary to God. It's the how. Like, how is your heart? God is more concerned about your heart and, and what's going on in your heart, like what's going on inside you, than the who, what's, when, where. He's more concerned with the how. Like how is your heart? Times, places, positions, those are primary to us. They're secondary to God. Yes, they're, they're important, but they're secondary to God. What's primary to God is what is going on in your heart. And here's what he wants to find in your heart. Watch this. This is Hebrews 11, chapter 1. Here's what he wants to find in your heart. Faith. Like in the midst of uncertainty, God wants you to have faith. Watch, he says, now faith in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says this. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. Let's keep this first up for a second right here and let's talk about this for a second. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. I mean, does that not explain a lot of times our times of uncertainty and nervousness or anxiety? We're hoping for things, but we don't see them yet. We can't see the future. We can't see maybe the school we're gonna go to or where we're gonna go get our masters or who we're gonna marry or where we're gonna live or the job we're gonna have. We can't see those things yet and so it produces anxiety and uncertainty in us. But faith, faith is being sure of the things that we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So the writer of Hebrews is basically saying, you can have certainty, watch this, you can have certainty in the midst of uncertainty. 
You can be certain in your times of uncertainty. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. With faith, by faith, we can be certain in the midst of uncertainty. You're like, well, what are you talking about? How can I be certain in the midst of uncertainty? What is there to be certain about when I'm feeling uncertain, when I'm feeling anxious, when I can't see what's in front of me? What, what do I have to be certain about? Well, I'm going to show you. First of all, you can be certain of God's love. We're going to hit four things tonight that you can be certain of in the midst of uncertainty. I would write these down. You can be certain of God's love. The Bible says that God is like a perfect father that loves you with all of his heart. And the best way I can illustrate this is with something that happened to me over the summer. We were at a staff retreat and there was a night where we were praying and worshiping together. And during this time, we invited people to get, to get up and to go pray over the other half of the staff, just randomly and to go pray over them as they felt led. And then when we were done, we switched and they sit down and the other half of the staff got up and went and prayed over different people. Well, when I was sitting down, one of our prayer staff members, her name is Vanessa, she came and put a hand on my shoulder and she began to pray for me. And as she prayed for me, she began to talk about the way that I see my kids. And I couldn't believe that for a woman who, who didn't have kids, the way that she was, just be, she was able to like read my mind and read my heart and the way that I felt about my kids. She said, God, I thank you for the dad that Clayton is. I thank you that he wants to protect his kids. That when he looks at his sweet daughter, Nixon, he sees the innocence and the purity there. And he sees her sweetheart. He sees how precious she is. I thank you when he looks at Levi. That there's this pride that wells up in him because he sees the leader that he is. And the drive that he has that matches his own. And that in Levi, there, you can, he can see himself. I thank you that in Coben, he sees this sweet, protective heart that cares for people. And he wants to foster that. She talked about my kids and the feelings that I had for my kids that I don't even know that I could put into words. And she just began to read like my mind and, and my heart as she prayed for me, thanking God for the kind of father I was to my kids. And I just began to sob. Because it was like those feelings in that moment that I had for my kids, they were, they were strengthened, they were magnified, they were, they were multiplied even, even stronger as, as she put words to some of the feelings that I had for my kids. And then she said this. And now God, I thank you that you see Clayton in the exact same way.
that no matter what he's done or what he can do or how he's messed up or how he will mess up, God, you want to protect him. You love him. You see his heart that he wants to, to lead. You see the desire in his heart to care and, and to protect. You see all those things in him, God, and you, you love him and you want to protect him and you want what's best for him. And as she began to change that and flip that in that moment in the way that God sees me in the same way that I see my kids, I was overcome with emotion. I was overcome with the way that God sees me and loves me. I'll never forget that moment where I didn't just know the love of God. I didn't just read about the love of God. I experienced the love of God in that moment. from my heavenly father. I want you to know that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what kind of uncertainty or, or mountain or struggle you're facing, you can be sure, you can be certain of God's love for you. And here's why, because he proved it. He didn't just say it, the Bible doesn't just talk about it. God proved his love for you. Romans 5, 8 says that while we were yet sinners, he sent Jesus to die for us that he showed his love, he displayed his love for us by sending Jesus to die for us while we were yet sinners. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, for God so loved you, that he sent his one and only son to die in your place, so that if we would believe in him, the Bible says we would not perish, we would have everlasting life. God loves you so much, he sacrificed his son for you so that you could be forgiven of your sins so that you could have a right relationship with God so that you could go to heaven when you die so that you could experience abundant life while you're here on this earth that's how much God loves you he displayed on the cross when you look at the cross and you see Jesus' outstretched arms you can see and on display in full view for you to see that God loves you you can be certain of that his love is never changing it's never failing. Some of you are here tonight, you've never experienced the love of God for the first time. You need to know God loves you so much that even though you sinned against him, even though you rebelled against him and the, the fine for that sin was eternity separated from God in a place called hell, God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the fine for your sins so that you wouldn't have to. And so that simply by believing in Jesus, John 3, 16 says, you would not perish but have everlasting life. Some of you have never made that decision before. Tonight is your night to give your life to Jesus. To trust in Jesus' payment of your fine through his death on the cross. And when you make that decision, your sin is forgiven past, present, and future. And you can begin a relationship with a heavenly father that loves you. You could do that tonight. So in times of uncertainty, the first thing that we can be certain of is God's love because he proved it. He showed it. He displayed it. The second thing we can be certain of is God's ability. In times of uncertainty, you can be certain of God's ability. You know, a lot of us that grew up in church know a song. It's a simple song, and it goes like this. Our God is so 
big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. Very simple. Let's do it again, all right? Our God is so big, so strong, so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. My boys love that song because they get to flex their muscles and yell when we sing it. So, but it's true. Our God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing that he can't do. He spoke the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, you, me. He spoke those things into existence. When the disciples are on a boat one time with Jesus and the wind and the waves are, are howling around them and they're fearful for their lives. Jesus is asleep in the boat. They wake Jesus up and he says, why do you have so little faith? And the Bible says he rebukes the wind and the waves. He basically says, shh. their stillness and the disciples freak out and they say who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him who is this there's nothing that's too hard for him there's nothing that's impossible for him he's so big so strong and so mighty there's nothing our God cannot do but here's the thing sometimes that mountain that's in front of you, that trial that you're going through, that time of uncertainty that you're going through. You'll pray and you'll ask God and you'll say, God, change it. Move, cast that mountain into the sea. God, I need your help to do, would you come and would you move and would you do the impossible? And sometimes God doesn't in that moment. And here's why. Because oftentimes God is more concerned with doing something in you rather than for you. As a great dad, God wants to do things for you. There's no question about it. But oftentimes, God's more concerned with doing something in you rather than for you. You say, God, why aren't you doing this for me? I'm going through this trial. I have this time of uncertainty. Things didn't go as planned. God, why? why? What's going on? And the answer is that Jesus wants you to see something in you maybe that you never would have seen before during that time of uncertainty. He wants to grow you in ways that you may never thought before because God's more concerned about doing something in you than he is doing something for you. So you can be sure. You can be sure in times of uncertainty. You can be sure of God's ability. You can be sure, you can be certain of God's timing. In times of uncertainty, you can be certain of God's timing. You know, my daughter, Nixon, she loves to go to the beach. She loves it. And some of you are like, amen, or holla, you know, or whatever, me too. Yeah, so, but we went to the beach the first time, and literally, the week that we got back, she starts telling me, this was like a couple years ago, the first time we went, all as a family, she said, Daddy, um, go to the beach. Well, yeah, we, we just went. No, 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 go to the beach again. Right, we'll, we'll go again next summer. No, no, go to beach now. I want to go beach now. And some of you are feeling like you want to go back to the summer and go to the beach like right now. And I, I totally get it. I'm right there with you. But she's like, no, I want, to go, I want to go to the beach right now. And she had a great time at the beach. Here she is this summer. 
She's rocking her sunglasses. Oh, and she's got this, this bathing suit on. This is a new swimsuit. Here's something I learned. Uh, I, had, I have two boys and then I got a daughter. And here's what I learned when you go into the summer about daughters is that you have to buy like 10 swimsuits for daughters. Boys get one, girls get 10. I, I don't know what, how that works, but that's the way it works. So she had like 10 different swimsuits. She wore a different one every day and, and she wanted me to see her in it. And she thought it, she was the prettiest thing in the world and all these different swimsuits and combos that she had going on. And then she was rocking these sunglasses every day. So when we get back from the beach this summer, dad, and go to the beach. I, I know she told me like two, this week, dad, go to the beach now. Like, I'm sorry, but like, we'll go to the beach next summer. We're not going to the beach till then. She thinks we operate on her schedule, like on her calendar. And I'm like, no, you operate on ours. You know, the same thing is true with our relationship with God. We want things now. We want things today. And I think sometimes as a good dad, God says, no, we can't do that right now. We're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait. One, because I'm going to do something in you. But two, I don't operate on your calendar. I'm the dad. You operate on mine. And so you can be certain of God's timing. You know, Joseph had to question God's timing. If you're familiar with the story of Joseph, Joseph has this dream where he's going to be this ruler of Egypt and everyone, including his brothers, are going to be bowing down before him. But if you know the story, that doesn't immediately happen for Joseph. In fact, he's sold into slavery because he shares that dream with his brothers. I mean, go, go figure, right? He tells his brothers, you're going to be bowing before me one day as I'm king, you know, king and ruler of, of Egypt. And, and, and they don't really like that too much. And so they sell him into slavery. And Joseph had to be thinking... God, you told me, I, you, you gave me this vision, you gave me this dream. I, I thought I was going to be ruler over Egypt. I thought my brothers were going to be bowing down before me. Like, what's going on, God? He ends up getting accused of adultery. He goes to prison. You know, Joseph had to be like, God, what's going on? I thought, you I thought we were clear on this. I was going to be ruler in Egypt. Not in slavery and now not in prison. But I think God was doing some things in Joseph before he did something for Joseph. But when the time came, when God's time came, Joseph became second in command over all of Egypt. And his brothers, sure enough, ended up bowing before him. You know, one time there's a story about Jesus where one of Jesus' close friends, Lazarus, was on his deathbed. And so people come and tell Jesus, Jesus, you're, you're a good friend. Lazarus, he, he's about to die. And Jesus, when he hears the news about his good friend, Lazarus, on his deathbed, the Bible says Jesus stays where he's at for a couple of days. Like, Jesus, did you not hear what we told you? Like, Lazarus is about to die. Why, why are we hanging out here? Like, well, we need to go see him. But Jesus stays where he's at. They show up in Bethany where Lazarus was. And when he shows up, Lazarus has already died. And Martha comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, if you'd only been here, if you'd only come earlier, 
I know and believe that you could have saved Lazarus, but he's dead now. It's too late. And Jesus says, listen, if you would only believe, in other words, if you would only have faith, you will see the glory of God. And in his timing, because it's never too late for Jesus, he raises Lazarus from the dead. It's never too late for Jesus. You can trust in God's timing. In the midst of uncertainty, you can be certain that God's timing is perfect. His calendar, his schedule, his timing. It's not about ours. We operate on his and not vice versa. So you can be certain of God's timing in the last you can be certain of God's goodness. You can be certain of God's goodness. Psalm 103 says this, the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve for his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. In times of uncertainty, you can be sure, you can be certain of God's Goodness, that like a great father, he loves his kids and he wants what's best for you. And just like a father wants to, a good father wants to bless their kids and give them good gifts, the Bible says God wants to give good gifts to his kids because he's a good father. You know, I'm not sure there's a, another place where we can see God's goodness on display like when Jesus, or when Peter rather, denied Jesus. God tells Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me. Peter says, no, if, if, all, if everyone else fails you and, and abandons you and denies you, I won't. I'll follow you to my death. And sure enough, it wasn't a day later. Peter's denying Christ three times. After Jesus is risen from the dead, they spot him walking along this shore one of the times, one of the many times they saw him, he's walking on the shore, they're out in a boat, and Peter literally jumps out of the boat, runs through the water to see Jesus. And he gets to Jesus. And you would think, Jesus, after Peter having just abandoned him, denied him, you would think Jesus would look at Peter and say, Peter, why did you do that? How could you, Peter? I told you that you were gonna deny me, and sure enough, you did it. I told you so, Peter. That's not what Jesus does. Peter runs up to Jesus. And because God is good, Jesus takes his arm around Peter and says, let's take a walk. And instead of reminding him of what he's done, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me, Peter? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus asks him again, Peter, do you love me? And you can imagine the hurt that must have, that Peter must have felt as Jesus asked him again, almost like he was questioning whether or not he was telling him the truth. He says, yes, Lord, I love you. Jesus asked him a third time. Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Jesus, I love you. 
in times of uncertainty, you can be certain of God's goodness. There can be certainty in the midst of uncertainty. You can be certain of God's love, his ability, his timing, and his goodness. And watch this, Hebrews 11, verse three, says this, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Watch this, so that what is seen, like now, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. In other words, God created everything out of nothing. There was nothing to see. And God created everything out of nothing so that what was made was not made from what was visible. There was nothing to see and God made something out of nothing. So when there's times in your life where you can't see what's about to happen, you're uncertain, you can know for certain that God can create something. He can create everything out of nothing. It makes me think that there had to be this this scene in heaven, now don't, don't quote me on this or don't say this is in the Bible or anything, it's not. It's just I'm just kind of picturing this, this scene happening in heaven, okay, between God and the angels. And God's like, guys, I've got this great idea. Like, I, I'm going to create this earth and, and there's going to be this sun and moon and stars and, and there's going to be animals and there's going to be water and there's going to be land and I'm going to create these, I'm going to create man and, and woman and, and they're going to mess everything up. But then we're going to come to the rescue and, and we're going to fix all that. And, you know, I, I just picture like God casting this great, huge vision to the angels and the angels be like, what? Well, like, we don't see any of that. What are you talking about, God? And I just, you know, picture God saying, on oh, God, like I promise, like on myself, like I promise, there's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be there. Like it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. And some of you are still wondering what I, it'll click in just a second. So, so God's casting this and the angels are like, oh, come on, God, like it's not there. We don't see it. Day one, let there be light. I told you, look, there's light. Yeah, but you said there was going to be land and water and animals and vegetation and, and there's going to be this man and this woman. I mean, you said all that. And I just had this thought of God saying, just wait. I'm not done yet. Can I tell you tonight, no matter what's going on in your life, what you're nervous about, what you're uncertain of, just wait. You can't see it, just wait. You're unsure, just wait. You don't know who you're gonna marry, just wait. You don't know the job that you're gonna have, where you're gonna, just wait. God's not done yet. And he can create something, he can create everything. He can create something beautiful out of nothing, out of what you can't see. And so here's what I want you to see tonight. Faith is certainty in the midst of uncertainty. That's what faith is. It's being sure of what we hope for. It's being certain of what we can't yet see yet. Faith is certainty in the midst of uncertainty. You know, recently we started teaching my son Coben how to ride a bike. And um, he wanted training wheels on this new bike we were going to get him. And I'm like, son, you're, you're about to turn eight. Um, we're going to teach you how to ride a bike with no training wheels. So we got in this brand new bike, awesome bike. And, and we go out front and I'm trying to teach him how. 
and he gets really nervous and he starts saying, you're gonna drop me. I know it, you're gonna drop me. I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna get hurt. And I said, son, he's crying. I mean, literally he is scared to death because of how uncertain he is about riding a bike with no training. And I said, son, Lee, come, listen. Doesn't Levi know how to ride? Yeah, who taught Levi how to ride his bike? You did. Did I drop Levi? No. I didn't drop Levi. We've already gone once, did I drop you? Did you fall, did you get hurt? No. I didn't let Levi fall, I'm not gonna let you fall, Cohen. I promise, I'm gonna be right there. I know you're scared, but I'm gonna be right there, I'm not gonna let you fall. I haven't let you fall, I'm not going to let you fall. And because even in the midst of his uncertainty, he trusted what we were telling him. He had faith. This was him the next day. He's got this sweet helmet with these spikes on it and all this stuff. He's got some sweet rims on this bike. They're awesome. But he had this huge smile on his face as he began to ride his bike with no training was Now, 10 feet later, he fell over and got hurt. And you know, it's just, no, I'm just kidding, he didn't, just, he didn't. But he never would have experienced that if there wasn't something he could be certain of in the midst of his uncertainty. You know, Bethel Music did a new rendition of It Is Well. And there's some lyrics in that song. I want you to read them along here with me. It says, far be it for me to not believe, even when my eyes can't see. And this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. So let go my soul and trust in him. The waves and wind still know his name. I think some of you are here tonight and you've been going through a time of uncertainty. Maybe you're anxious, maybe you're nervous about something you don't know in your life, something you can't see. And I want us to pray for you tonight. And so I wanna challenge you to do something bold, to take a step of faith and say, yeah, that's me. I'm going through a time of uncertainty right now and I'd like someone to pray for me. If that's you, I just wanna invite you to stand. Thank you. Many people standing. So here's what I want us to do. If you see someone around you standing, I just wanna invite you to go and lay a hand on their shoulder and pray for them. If you're standing next to one of your friends, just put an arm around their shoulder and just begin to pray. Pray that they'll keep their eyes fixed on Jesus. Pray that even though they're uncertain, that they'll be certain of God's love and his ability and his timing and his goodness. Pray that God will do something in them, in their hearts during this time of uncertainty and pray that their faith, 
their ability to be certain in the midst of uncertainty. Pray that their faith will increase. And as you do that, our band's gonna play a part of that song. And then just here in a second, I'll lead us kind of into what's next. So you guys begin to pray for each other. Get together and pray that your faith would increase during this time of uncertainty.
We're going to continue to worship. We're going to have prayer teams available all over the worship center. They're going to have orange glow sticks on. They're here to pray for you. There's something going on in your life, time of uncertainty. If you're anxious, if you're depressed, you're struggling, if you're going through a trial, you got a mountain in front of you. If you want a fresh touch from God, go and pray with one of our prayer team members or grab someone next to you and tell them you want to pray together. But we're going to continue to sing and Tonight, if there's a storm that you're going through right now, a time of uncertainty, I want you to know you can trust God. You can be certain of, of God's love, his ability, his timing, and his goodness, no matter what the storm is in your life. And here's why. Because you know the creator of the wind and the waves, and the wind and the waves know his name. Our God speaks and things form out of nothing. Our God speaks and things that we can't see becomes visible. So God, in this moment, as we sing, as we worship, would you increase our faith, God? Would you increase our faith so that we can be sure of what we hope for, so that we can be certain of what we can't see, so that we can experience certainty in Jesus in the midst of our uncertainty? Because God, all the things in our life, they constantly change. Those aren't the things we can be certain of. We can be certain of Jesus who never changes. He is our hope. He is our joy. He is our peace. So God, increase our faith and fill every person in this room with certainty in the midst of their uncertainty. 